Welcome to Bevo's Balls, a podcast about the University of Texas sports. We cover everything from football to baseball and everything in between. I'll be your host, Thomas, and I'll be joined by James. How are you doing this evening, James? What's going on, Tommy? Uh, good weekend, man. We had a good baseball weekend, so good. we got a basketball win. So, you know, all's pretty good on Longhorn front right now for me, so I can't really complain. Yeah, we uh, definitely had a, it was a good weekend overall. Um, I had to work Saturday night, so I, could, I had to cram everything in in the morning. Luckily, they moved the game times up because of the weather. But so, this being our first first podcast, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about like what are some of the memories that made you become a Texas fan? I think uh, growing up, as most kids, you know, my parents are big Longhorn fans. Uh, going to Longhorn baseball games regularly. You know, Ricky Williams uh, was probably the earliest, some of the earliest memories I remember watching it on my own. Um, but then that kind of carried over to the Colt days, the Vince days, definitely 05. Um, but yeah, I would say my earliest, most captivating memories were watching Ricky Williams just run all over teams, especially A&M. Um, you know, that would be the earliest football memories for me. Baseball. Um, we have family members play on the 2002 national championship team. So, um, as early as I can remember, I just remember watching the horn, tripping the horn, going to dish falk, checking out games. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, you mentioned you had family on the baseball team. I had a cousin play for UT, uh, uh, Taylor Doyle. Um, but yeah, like you're saying Ricky Williams, but my big, my biggest memory, my favorite memory, really, is just watching him break the record on A&M, and then uh, just him saying, I think they did an interview pregame of him not wanting to break it on a three-yard run, him wanting to break it on a long run like the before. So yeah, that's that's just one of the, my favorite memories, and then, of course you got Vince running it into the end zone. But yeah, I think that's so, like, number one on everybody's books if you're a Longhorn fan. Yeah. For sure, um, but there's, you know, there's. I remember, I don't remember. I remember it's it Nebraska because we were wearing uh, our all whites, and Quentin. I think it was, I think it was Vasher picked off the pass on the sideline to win the game. That's just another one, and then Derek Johnson always using that punch out, which sometimes cost us because they would cover the ball ten yards down the field too. But just some of those great Longhorn legends playing the game was. The memories that I always remember watching it with my dad and cheering with him and it's a fun time. We'll still he'll still come down every once in a while and we'll watch a game together. So but yeah, that's yeah. That's what turned me into a Longhorn fan and I'll never not be one. It yeah, might take you know, always... you know, being a fan you know, right now being a fan of the football team at least might take a couple years off your life, but I still, still do it. It's still there. We got, we showed signs of, you know, progress. I never would have thought we'd be up 25 or 23 on Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. Um, but I also thought, never thought we'd uh, lose the Kansas at home too, right? So, you know, it, it has its ups and downs. But I think we're on the right path. Darkeesan's uh, recruiting well. We'll just, you know, kind of see what happens and. See where we are. I mean, you know, we don't want to give away too much. We want to have some stuff to talk about in our football season. Yeah, really. So let's uh let's get into the uh, last couple of weeks of baseball. 
Uh, the team is ranked number one preseason, and they've kind of proved everybody right. Like, there's you can't really say they don't be, deserve to be number one. We have a starting rotation right now that um, is looks really good uh, with Pete, uh, Tristan, and uh, Whit. Um, I know I, I didn't get I didn't catch a lot of the Rice games, um, but I know I watched the Bama games. So what what was your impression of the team overall so far? Um, well, actually, we went to the Saturday game against Rice. Um, we were in a retreat in San Marcos, and we had some free time, so I booked it over there. Um, Rice, the bats were alive. It was you know mercy. They were uh, you know I think they scored twelve runs. 15 runs, and I can't remember the last game. It was seven, I think, um, all giving up one run all weekend. Um, I, it's, you know, I don't know how good Rice is going to be. Uh, I think Jose Cruz Jr. is the first-year coach there, um, so that's probably a rebuilding program. But anytime you can only give up one run all weekend and then score, you know, 36 runs throughout the weekend, you know, you got to take that. Our bullpen is yeah. probably our uh, – our strength as a team. Uh, I think all three of those guys can go be number ones at pretty much 99% of the teams in the country. Um, Pete was, you know, super, super, super efficient. Like normal. He was panning outside both sides of the plate. Tristan doesn't walk anyone, gets a lot of ground ball outs. And then I was most interested about seeing Tanner Witt transition from getting six outs a game to going six innings in the game. Pitches with a lot of, uh, a lot of spirit, you know, a lot of emotion, and a lot of. I just was waiting to see how he was going to be able to kind of corral that and get through a game. But he did well. He gave up a home run in the first inning. I think it's the second batter, and then that was the last run he gave up that weekend. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's crazy because so as a team in this series of baseball, you go from facing Pete, who is very, I want to call, I would say. He's like Greg Maddox-ish, paints the corners. Not he doesn't have dominating stuff, but the, it's really like his fastball is not crazy fast. But like he paints it, he puts it where it needs to be, you know. And then then you go to Tristan, who he'll pitch the contact. You know, he wants you to hit the ball, but you got the great defense behind it behind you to stop the pick up all the ground balls. And then here comes Whit, who is has power, who has a high fastball and like just seeing three different styles of pitchers and one weekend is can't be, can't be easy to deal with. Oh, definitely not. You know, especially most teams are tired. They're worn down. Um, you know, Pete's not going to throw a lot of balls. He's not going to walk a lot of guys. Like you said, he's going to paint the corners. He'll throw every one of his balls for a strike, you know, with conviction. He's not scared to throw anything. And then you have, come to Saturday, you got Tristan wearing you down. He likes to pitch at a fast pace. So by the time you get to Sunday, you know, your guys are dinged up. You've probably been in your bullpen. And then you got to go face 93 to 96 mile an hour from Tanner Witt, right? It's definitely yeah. not fair. And then you have, like you said, the bullpen. You had the, the freshman from San Antonio who he'll probably – he could be, he would probably be a starter next year um, coming in right after Pete, and he's throwing 93, 95 fastball. So going from slow to – Speed up real quick, and then you know, Nick's in the Nick's in the closet if we need him. So the team is very well balanced. Um, mm-hmm. They had so 
you know, they had the midweek series with uh, the Islanders. Um, first game thought went like like everybody thought. You know, just go in there and beat them up. And then the second game kind of got close, and they had to win a tough game. Cold weather. Um, so it was good to see. Run, run, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's good to see on a win a close game. Um, you know, it shows a little. Like, you know, they know everybody's been coming for them. You know, the number one team. Everybody, they're everybody's gonna give them the best shot, no matter how poorly they are on paper. Yeah, definitely. I think we got to see them. Uh, you know, we had a uh, uh, Duplantier pitch a second game. Um, Gordon pitched the first game. I think they're still trying to work out who that midweek starter is going to be, but I think with either one of those guys will be okay. Uh, uh, Duplantier, he had the Tommy John surgery, right? Was it last year? So this is his first year really pitching a uh, big time ball. But like you said, man, with the second game was ugly, nasty weather, cold, a bunch of earned runs, couldn't really hit the ball. But, you know, we were able to go in there and do what it takes and get those wins. And it's not always going to be, you know, 15 runs on the board. And I'm glad this team can grind and manufacture runs even in an orthodox manner. Yeah, so talking about grind is this weekend series versus Bama. Again, nasty weather, cold, 30s. Wind blowing into Dishwalk, which does not help anybody. Like game one, there could have been at least five to six home runs on each side because of well-hit balls, but the pitchers knew that, and the pitchers knew the wind was coming in. So, yeah, might as well. We can. I'll throw you a high fastball because that ball is not going to go out. Um, you know, Texas ends up winning one to zero off the catcher, off of a ball, or because of a ball off the catcher's face mask. Crazy, crazy way to win, but you know, Nixon came in and did what he does, and you know, the team was really like it was, it was, it was a nice one. That's another good close game win. Yeah, you know, everybody we hit the ball okay, just we couldn't get hits in a row, you know, to get those runners across the plate. Like you said, we hit the ball really hard. I think Melendez hit one ball to left field with some I think the exit velocity was like one twelve and they said yeah. the statistics say that that ball would have been out ninety nine point nine percent of the time. But yeah. the you know, the cold and the wind and they kept it in and um yeah, you know, again, our pitchers gave up one run all weekend and uh hats off to them, you know. Yeah, and then you know, the Saturday with Tristan, another cold game. Another close game, still shut out. Then we went Tanner today, and the bat like we were we were talking is like man like the he said that right when he said that bats need to come alive they did you know we got out of the bases loaded jam, and that kind of woke up our team and got them going. Um, you know we had some nice hits, uh, and then followed up with more hits. So it was really it was really good to see. Now on Sunday, we kind of put the whole, the whole it was a whole complete game, pitching um, and hitting all together. So that was real nice to see. Yeah, we had Eric Kennedy go miss the last two games with an injury, right? I think it was that he had that play on the uh, foul line on left field, and then he dove at first base. So we're not exactly sure what, so it was kind of a back injury. But Dylan Campbell came in. He struggled the weekend before, but he came in and, you know, had some – clutch hits and some good defensive plays. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, I know in the, in the other games, he had a couple of good hit or Saturday, Saturday game. He had some hits, but just the, that wind and 
Uh, like Alabama, like we can't tell how good of a win a sweep this series is going to be. And let's see how Alabama plays in the SEC because what they're their Friday and Saturday pitchers are are good pitchers. They're not bad. They're, they're they'll probably win. You know, probably we got a top half SEC team at least. So, but then so, yeah, I had their sorry, their coach said they lost like seventy percent of their innings to you know graduation. So they're a relatively young bullpen too. So you know they're going to get better as the year goes on. But they definitely came in and they weren't scared of. Uh, of the number one hanging in front of us, and they gave us, you know, everything we wanted for two of the three games. Yeah. So, baseball kind of so having a, you know baseball team starting eight and zero, you know, it's great. Uh, we can move on to our other team that played on Saturday, who had a had a a, a good win against West Virginia. The basketball team won eighty eighty two to eighty one, which was crazy because like. The team was so Brock Cunningham comes in, gets foul, gets ejected with six minutes into the game on a hard foul, which I guess by the letter of the law of Frank Fragrant two, flagrant two. So he's out, but in the team still the team is shooting like sixty five percent at half, up by seven I believe or five, and we come out and we lose it. We lose the lead right away. I was like, all right, this team's like, the team's done. This game's done. And then uh, baseball starts, so I switch over to baseball onto the TV and put basketball on my phone. And finally, you see them coming back, coming back, and uh, getting a good win. You know, West Virginia, they're gonna their record doesn't say that they're a good team, but like the Big Twelve basketball is a different sto- is is different. You know, it's probably the second best conference. In basketball this year, you know, I think the Big Ten is still number one, but Big 12 basketball is nothing to laugh about, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, we at Texas, we always get everyone's the best shot in every single sport, but, you know, the Mountain Aggies, they hate us a lot, and I think, you know, beating us is definitely their, that's going to be their March Madness game. Uh, yeah, like you said, they, they shot, you know, 63.4% on the game. Uh, they shot, you know, good free throws. I wasn't really able to watch it. We were fishing in Rockport this weekend, but um, I was able to keep up with it on my phone. Uh, Timmy Allen doing his thing as was the second big. I think he was the second. No, uh, uh, Andrew Jones was the leader on the we, earlier game of the week. But yeah, he had 26 points, 10 rebounds. Marcus Carr, you know, 15 points. Uh, yeah, they they won a close game, and I feel like the Texas team is under Shaka would have normally lost these kind of games. Uh, we would have yes. found a way to you know, turn the ball over, you know, in the fourth quarter, miss some shots, miss some free throws. And I feel like, you know, this team is, hasn't played together for a long time. There are a lot of transfers. Um, they're finding ways to win games. And I don't think we've seen the best basketball team yet. You know, they're gelling, they're meshing. And hopefully when, you know, March Madness comes around, they're just going to start playing a lot better. More consistent, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Because this is, you know, Beard was brought in to win in the tournament. So his job is to get to the tournament and to win. Um, so this is his time. You know, he has the Big 12 tournament. You know, we have his Big 12 tournament. Then he has the attorney tourney. So let's see what he can do with his team. Um, I am kind of liking how they are coming together. And I think 
uh, Timmy Allen is kind of figuring out that him, like, it's Allen, Carr, and Jones as the first three options. The rest just need to give the ball up. I love Rainey yeah. defensively, but if I see him take another three, <laughs> I'm like, okay, and someone else is open, okay, let's just calm it down here. Like, I really see fierce, fierce in shooting the three because he, he had a great game against West Virginia. I think he hooked up 13 points. He had some key threes. So, Rainey, all-day defense. That's what he does. He's yeah. on the, the main guy, and he hounds him. So, um, yeah, and 81 points is kind of uh, rare to see. You know, they've been holding their opponents to less than that. I think we held TCU to uh, – I can't remember what it was. I'm not looking at TCU. Who did we play earlier in the week? Yeah, it was TCU, right? It was the 66, and um, – this team is all over the floor. You know, Beard likes defense, and I think that's a, you know, we're going to have to get to March, play defense, create turnovers, and I think this team is built to do that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, well, we have the number, like, the number 11 women's basketball team that they beat TCU 77-42 on, I believe it was Saturday as well. Um, yeah, Morgan yeah. Wallen in the house over there. I don't know if you saw that on, on Twitter, but Morgan Wallen was at the at Frank Irwin Center and oh, watching really? the, yeah, the girls basketball game. That's good because like I saw, I know the coach called out the fans and it's like this team needs some more support. Like they're the 11 best team in the nation and they they play really they're really good. I've watched them a couple times, and I, it was good to see the Texas uh, football team was there or the major guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, worthy viewers and a couple other guys were there supporting the team over Sean. Um, so, you know, we have two really good coaches for basketball in here and it's, yeah. it's nice to see because yes, Texas is a football school, but, and when all these other sports are coming along and I think it's, it's just nice to be able to watch winning, winning teams all year long. Definitely, man. Vic Schaefer came in last year. You know, we had a deep run um, this year. They're gelling at the right time, man. I think they're playing their best basketball when it matters. And it looks like they're set up to make another deep run this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited to see what this girls basketball team can do. And, um, yeah, let's get to March for them. So, you have any? Uh, is there any other news you have about over the last week for any other sports going out there? Um. I think we can touch on football some. Um, as I don't know if y'all saw the Ryan Bruschetti, our punter, our I guess backup punter. You know, Dicker was doing duties on both ends. Uh, enters the uh, transfer portal. You know, which kind of sucks because all we have is a true freshman behind him. I think that we brought in from the whole you know Australian yeah. chicken factory. But um, yeah, he's gone. And then uh, Arch Manning Vegas released their odds where he's going to end up and. Um, I think it's uh, Texas and Georgia in the top two. Georgia was a 250 favorite, and we were 200. So it looks like, you know, they're favoring Georgia. But, you know, we're in the fight, and that's all you can ask for. Is, is this the first time we've ever seen Vegas odds on a high school? But he's a, he's a senior now, I guess, right? He's a senior. Mm-hmm. Like a high no, school no, he's kid a junior of, this year. The junior this year. Junior. Okay, so he's a junior. Yeah. I've never seen Vegas odds on a kid to pick where he's going to go. Like it only comes with the Manning last name, like so. 
But, you know, like, I saw on Twitter, too, you know, what if we were able to pull Bronny and Archie to the, sa- to the school at the same time? Like, mm-hmm. could happen. It'd be kind of, kind of crazy, but... Because uh, I know Bronny's talking about having Texas in his top five. That changes probably every week, but... Well, we'll see, you know. I don't, we'll take the attention and take the definitely, money. Yeah. Really. yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, we're going to get to be basketball stadium, too, so... I'm sure that's going to be a big up for Bronny, but I'm pretty sure when it gets close to it, you know, LeBron's going to make him shut up. And, you know, we kind of, I I think that one's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, I I, I probably, it's crazy because I I was listening to somebody talk and they're saying that he's really, like, he's like the, you know, 36th prospect, best prospect in his class. So you know he's not he's not his top tier like his dad like but you know but is somebody going to like he's still pretty good and then they're just talking about him drafting him number one in a couple of years just so they can get LeBron for a couple of years as well. So I think uh, LeBronny and Arch kind of fall in the same boat to where if you can land one of those kids and get them on campus for you know two to three years. Not just having them, but having a Manning around and LeBron James around does so much for your program. It's you can't even put a dollar amount on it. You know, yeah. you get those kids, everyone else comes. It's a, it's a you know a, a program defining commitment. So you can believe you know the SEC is going to have their money bags out there, and uh, everybody else in the country is going to be after those both of those guys. Especially with NIL and everything like that, like it's going to be. Is I think Archie will probably make more money his freshman year in college than Peyton did on his rookie contract. For sure. Um, I have a question. Do you think Texas being a Nike school and LeBron being a Nike athlete, do you think that's going to have any kind of uh, correlation to where he goes? Like, you know, like Oklahoma's Jordan school, but they're still Nike. But do you think that's going to have anything to do with his recruitment? Um. I think the KD thing hurts us because, like, Durant – like, we don't – one thing I'm, I'm kind of upset about is, like, we don't use Durant, KD as much as we should for our basketball team. Like, mm-hmm. we need – instead of having the Nike check, which, uh, you know, Nike guy, but they need to put, you know, they put KD out there. I know we had the KD cleats for one of the Alamo Bowl games a couple years ago, but, like, I think – Texas is KD, and I think I think Bronny ends up. He probably ends up at Ohio State. That's that's what I think too. I think he's gonna go live a little. He's to live a little bit like Eric Lee through him, and I would put my money on Ohio State as well. Uh, I I know I know he's probably out in LA right now, and UCLA and USC probably makes sense, but you know, do what his dad couldn't or dad didn't get a chance to do, and go to Ohio State would be. I think it would be because, like, there's no way he goes to North Carolina. That's Jordan's school. Like, Ohio State really doesn't have a true elite basketball star from there. I don't think, do they? I think Greg the Odom. biggest, Greg Oden, yeah, that was the biggest star I can think of yeah. basketball-wise. Okay. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we got Bronny and Archie Watch starting this year. Um, so, it'll be, we have to see. So let's get let's get on to these uh week the games that we have coming up. 
I will start with uh, since basketball only has one. We'll start with basketball, and uh, they play tomorrow night, Monday night uh, versus Baylor, number ten team in the country. Uh, number twenty, we're number twenty right now. Uh, we've been at number twenty for the past four weeks. It seems like, which is okay. Mm-hmm. We win one, lose one. Yeah. Um, I think for us to win this game, because Baylor's a good team. It's not getting around to defending national champions. For us to win the game, I think Timmy Allen has to take over and dominate the game. And then we have to have somebody like Rainey or Fierce or someone uh, someone off the bench, at least with another 12 to 15 points. Um, I'm going to – last game at – is the last men's game at the – at the drum. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Texas wins, but I'm not com- totally convinced on it. I think it's really close. I got the matchup predictor pulled up. It's uh, 51.7 Baylor, 48.3 Texas. I think that's a lot closer than I would have guessed um, since I think when we last time we played, they you know beat us pretty good. But I'm going to go with yeah, Texas closing it out at Frank Irwin. Um, I think Timmy Allen's going to do his thing. Now, I'm going to go with Andrew Jones as the second guy up. I think he's going to yeah. come up, put up 20. I think, uh, you know, he's been there a long time. So he's um, – big moments aren't anything new to him. Um, he, he's faced adversity on and off the court. So I'm going to go my boy Andrew Jones um, with, the, un, with the surprise hero for the game. Okay, I can see that. Um, he's he's definitely hit like he's a much better three point shooter this year. Um, he shoots a, a lot more confidence. I see. So yeah, I definitely like that pick. Um, so for baseball, um, we have a midweek game at Sam Houston on Tuesday, um, and you were telling me that they beat Oklahoma State, who which is the number four team right now in baseball. Oh. Yeah, they beat them six to three in ten innings. Um, yeah, you know, anytime you can beat Oklahoma State. Um, it, yeah, granted, it was a midweek game. They're not getting their starter, uh, any of their you know big guns. But um, yeah, you know, they've they beat uh, Oklahoma State. They took three out of four against Nebraska, um, and then they got swept this past weekend against Dallas Baptist in Dallas. So uh, we don't really know what this team is, but. Anytime you can, you know, knock off uh, your midweek opponent, um, you know, that says something good about you. So is Sam Houston going to throw their ace Tuesday? I don't know. I'm not uh, too familiar with their uh, with their roster. I I think or a lot of these. Best, uh, I guess best better question, a best way, better way to phrase it, phrase it would have been: Should they throw their ace on Tuesday to try to beat Texas? I think a lot of these smaller schools, I definitely would. Um, if you can go in there and think of the Texas during a midweek game, that does so much for you in these, you know, like Southland conferences and things like that, you know. And it just as a team, if you can go in there and let's say even if you lose a two-to-one game, what that does for your team, saying, hey, we hung in there with Texas, we can play with anybody else on during our conference or the rest of the schedule. Mm-hmm. To me, why not throw your pace out there? Yeah, for sure. Um this is going to be a little off topic real quick, but I know we have a midweek game versus A&M somewhere down the road. We, 
would you there's no I guess we have to see who who is who we play before and who we play after but would you sneakily just play hand or, or throw wit I would throw wit against A&M and have I... on Sunday have like a bullpen game you know try to see if you get away with like a bullpen game I'm pulling up right now who we're playing before and after. Um, I definitely think we are right. Wit is that guy, right? And luckily for us, you know, uh, Lucas Gordon can pitch that set Sunday and do just fine. Um, and I'm uh, so we come off the Tech series before um, play Tech in in uh, Lubbock, and then we play Oklahoma the Friday after in Norman. So we got back to back road series um, against. Two of our biggest rivals, you know, I, I don't see that happening. Um, yeah. The only kind of wit, especially with those two, um, you you probably want to save Aaron Nixon's arm for those two series as much as possible. You might need him, you know, two or three times in those games. Um, man, I, I just kind of think you go in there with Lucas Gordon and do plenty A, maybe give those guys, you know, four innings each. But – yeah. Ever since I've been a Texas baseball fan, you don't see them deviating from the conference. You know, no. Texas is Omaha. Yeah, we dogpiled Omaha on that too. And you don't get to Omaha without, you know, usually without hosting a super regional, uh, at least hosting a regional. So I think the big, you know, A&M can have their midweek game. You know, we're, we still have yeah. you know, 35 what, more college opponents in appearances. Yeah, that's what uh, the, all, all last year was. Last year was about was uh, A&M, this guy A&M, Twitter ain't him. He would always be like, oh, we beat y'all. I'm like, okay, I'll, y'all can have the midweek game. I'm taking all these uh, College World Series wins. So, yeah, I saw that's that too. Me. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get back to this weekend or this upcoming weekend. Uh, we play in Houston. We have the um, Shriner Children's Hospital Showdown. I believe that's correct. Something like that. Yeah, the Shriner. Yeah, the Shriners. Yeah. And so we have on Friday, we play Tennessee, who is been pretty hot they're number 18 i believe and saturday we have lsu who's number nine and then we catch a break with ucla so um and they're i haven't seen, i haven't looked up their record but you know we start off with a couple of tough teams um it's you know we played tennessee in the college world series last year we end up winning them we are beating them so we had that amazing uh this was loaded uh what was it? The Tristan Steve's, five, or, two, yeah, yeah. three, double play, man, with uh, the hammer. That was the, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. So, so I think with Tennessee, they have that Friday night kid who throws 100. Have you seen him? He's hitting like 100 to 103. So it kind of sucks that we pulled them first, but I would rather, last year we went to Arlington. I think on odd number of years we go to Arlington. Um, even number of years we do Shriner. So we went to Arlington and we got our butts kicked. So we played Mississippi uh-huh. State, Arkansas, Ole Miss. I think we lost all those games. Turn around, those are the teams in you know in Omaha. So I think I could definitely see LSU in Omaha, and I could definitely see Tennessee in Omaha with his pitching uh, squad. So I'm glad we're having a tough you know tough little uh, test just before we start. Yeah. Uh, and I think the week after so that we it, go to Carolina. So. Oh. <laughs> Seems to be busy. Uh, so the kid, the kid that's throwing a hundred is—he's he's actually a starter. He, I thought he was like a bullpen guy. Uh, I think he's their starter from uh, uh, Friday night starter. Yeah. 
Well, you sure have to get those. So, I guess it's, you know, we didn't do great last year with the high fastball in the College World Series. So, I'm pretty sure we'll see a bunch of those. Um, but what Texas does really good at the plate is, except for a couple of players, is they don't really chase. You know, they wait for their ball. They're very patient. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see is they try to get to the bullpen. Like, let's just get your start. Let's let your starter throw. Let's try to get your starter to throw at least 18 pitches an inning and get them out of there. And let's get your bullpen guys. So against Rice, I think we made them uh, walk 10, uh, 10 batters every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They were oh, very wow. disciplined, very patient. Um, you know, we, I think when I was there Saturday, they walked in like three runs and bases loaded overall. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to be patient. It's going to be hard with that. I know that kid has that high fastball. Um, it's, it's impossible to catch up to that ball that high. Yeah. So it's just going to be how patient, you know, guys like Melendez and Faltini sure. um, daily can be. You know, that's, I think those are the three guys where when they're going, our whole offense is rolling. So. I know one thing about Faltini is that he does not like to get hit by the baseball. He got hit by a curveball, and he, you thought they tried to murder him. Yeah, I thought I was like, what's I going it. on, man? It was. It's just definitely funny to watch, but yeah. So you said those three, like those three guys are key because, like, I, I like Staley kind of batting second now, right now. Um, he's he's good behind Hutto, um, puts a runner on for Melendez. Um, Melendez has been doing pretty good. I, I think his average would be a little bit better if. He wasn't hitting into those wins this weekend. Like he had another. He like he said he had at least another home run, and a couple, well, at least, um, a couple of, like gap shots. Double today, right? Yeah. So, but to me, I think the person is actually the one that backs behind him is Daly. Like Daly is if Melendez can get if everybody gets on and. Daily, like Daily has that gap power. He can clear the bases. Like that's to me, that's key is him hitting. And then the surprise to me, batting wise, is our catcher, uh, Ador. Yeah, Silas man. Yeah, he's Art Juan. Yeah, the French. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh he's like he's he's definitely changed. Like I see the growth from year one to two with him catching. Kennedy too. I'll put Kennedy there too. I think last year Kennedy's batting average was terrible. Um, he was a solid, you know, defensive. So that's why he played in the lineup. And I went to the Super Regional against South Florida, and he was the one to hit that walk off double over the center fielder's head. And I feel like ever since then, it just kind of mm-hmm. he's been hitting the ball a lot better. That's why I sucked to see him go out. But you're right too, Ardwan. Anytime your catcher can hit the ball, you know, if you can get 300 batting average out of your catcher, especially him being one of the top defensive catchers in the country, you got to live with that. Yeah, you have right now we have five players over 300 average, and we we have seven at 250 and higher. Um, Austin Todd, he's been doing really well. Um, he's come up with some clutch hits this week or clutch walks. Really, um, it's all about yeah, just getting single today. Yeah. It's all about getting on base and getting those batters moved around. And that's the thing we have this team's doing. 
we haven't really had to rely on the small ball yet, but we know David Pierce is like an Augurito 2.0. He's not scared to bun. He's not scared to steal. He's not scared to run. And we haven't had to do it, luckily, um, this season. But if it comes down to, you know, pitching duels this weekend and he needs to manufacture some runs, I definitely think we can do that. It's uh, hard when we're um, replacing, uh, uh, what was his name? I can't remember. He's the lead off batter last year. Antico. Uh, you know, yeah. he he got on and it was going to run automatically every single time. He go second and get bunted over and he's all over the place. I think we're still trying to find that guy at the top of the lineup. Um, I think Hodo's, I, I Hodo's holding his own. I think there. He doesn't have the power as as he as a as he did, but Hodo he has the speed to still bases if he gets on. If he can yeah. get on. I think he has the speed to get to the second, but. Yeah, and and I think it was I think a fifth year senior, so he you know he had played a lot of baseball, seen a lot of pitchers, so um, that base stealing prowess you know will will come in time too. Yeah, so we have a very looks like we have a very tough weekend coming up. Baseball, um, basketball. I have a one game on Monday, and then um, the women's team has. And play at Kansas on Wednesday, and then the final final game for any basketball will be Saturday versus Oklahoma State. Hopefully, they can keep winning, and we'll you know prove that and go and head into the uh, Big 12 tournament into the NCAA tournament. Um, so we're gonna move to a new uh, a segment uh, we call Life the Tower. I'm gonna read off four statements and if you agree with them you'll say like the tower if you don't agree you can you just uh, let me know what your opinion is or what you think is the better option or what you prefer um even if you agree just tell me why you agree so the first statement i have is the texas all white jerseys are the best in all of sports not just college football but all of sports I'm going to have to say light the tower there. I think on baseball, it might be a little bit more partial to the pinstripes, but it's still white, right? So, But definitely uh, football, icy whites, basketball, all whites. I'm definitely going to have to agree it's light the tower there, especially when they, you know, the white cleats, white helmets. It's Stormtrooper, man, Stormtroopers. Have you seen the new helmets? I have not, no. Okay, so when we get, when we get done here, go like they uh... – it's a new, it's a new designed helmet. It looks like a, uh, uh, motorbike helmet or motorcycle helmet where it's like, it comes up like this. I, it looks weird. We don't have to look it up, but it looks, it looks more new age stormtrooper ish. So my next question or my next statement is drums are better than flats for wings. I'm going to have to like the tower there, man. I'm a drum guy. Uh, oh, really? Get, okay. Yeah. You get more meat. Um, every time I go to Buffalo, I'm always uh, all drums. If they let me, sometimes they, you know, give me some stuff about it. But, yeah, I'm 100% a drum guy. And I know a lot, a lot of people are. I've had this conversation with a bunch of people. But I'm 100% a drum guy. Okay. That's, I'm finally glad to find one in my camp. I, I go out to eat with, you know, we know the same group of people, um, and we go out to eat with them, and they're like, oh, flats, flats. I'm like, no, give me those drums. I can dunk it easier yeah. in the dressing, the ranch, and whatever. Like, yeah, 
drums all day. You don't have to use two hands. Yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah. All right. So my next statement: um, College Game Day is the best pregame show. Hands down. Yeah, uh, football season is uh, is the best. You wake up at seven. You know, get some breakfast, get your coffee. You know, and then just wait for Lee Corso and all these guys to come on and take all the backstory and go around the country. Um, college game day is definitely the highlight of my year every Saturday. Okay. That's I, I I I like them, but I just, I saw somewhere they're saying uh, Amazon Prime is trying to talk to Kurt Herbstreit to do the Thursday night games. So hmm. I think college game day will take a hit if Kurt's not on there. I know everybody hates Kurt because Kurt hates everybody's team, but I like I like Kurt. Kurt's is a cool. You said just for Thursday. Um, that's the only that's the only game that Prime has right now is Thursday nights. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you can work for Prime and ESPN. Hmm. So no, I haven't heard that yet. But yeah, no, I definitely even if they get Herbie, you know, who cares? You know, you got Lee Corslow, Desmond, and all them, and you know, uh, Herb Street has been so wishy washy with us horns, you know, uh, calling us successful a couple years back and all that. Yeah. So whatever, they can keep them. Uh, so my last statement is. Nachos are a must-get at baseball games. I'm going to go – I'm going to disagree. My go-to is always a hot dog. I'm a hot huge dogs. hot dog guy. I like to go over there and get a hot dog and a big uh, Coke Zero and, you know, sit down and watch the Worms. Okay. I I, 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 I threw it in there because I, I thought I would get a hot dog, but I, you get this nachos – yeah, I love nachos. So, well, I uh, I went the other day and they had actually a bunch of uh, new food trucks lined up along uh, left field, and they had barbecue and hot dogs, or they had a barbecue joint, a hamburger joint, uh, cookies. One of the I can't was it Tiff's Treats or something like that out of Austin. Uh, we got one of those. They were hot cookies. They were amazing. But um, so that might change. You know, I might I can't say no to this. I'm definitely a hamburger guy. Can't say no to barbecue. So. Um, but for now, I'm going to stick with my dog over nachos. All right. Well, man, this has been a great first episode. Um, that is it for us. You can follow us at at, at balls underscore Bevo on Twitter. Uh, we'll probably we'll have some interactions. Some polls go up there. Um, we will be trying to get out an episode every Monday morning. So uh, that's it. And we will talk to you all next week. There you go.